Welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome, Foxes. It's Fusion Fantasy Football. I'm your host, Joshua. And uh, yeah, I'm going to have to get back and cover that whole Foxes thing again. I think it was it's going to be coming up on two off-seasons now. I talked about that a little bit, so I'm going to have to redo that episode again, modernize it a bit, get it up to date, but the points still stand. You're a fox. If you can look around and observe and absorb lots of different perspectives, lots of different points, and bring them together and let them offset each other a little bit, let them, you know, moderate. Don't don't go too far extreme one way or the other. And you're going to come out with a better result, a better prediction. You may not hit on all the highs, but you'll miss a lot of the lows as well. And in that study, they were called hedgehogs. If you, if it was somebody who got latched onto one thing and didn't incorporate other, you know, perspectives to to didn't allow them to moderate their their projection at all. I'm not sure if I like the hedgehogs because when you think of hedging and you think that you're kind of hedging your bets. I kind of I kind of thought maybe I should call them monkeys. And maybe maybe there's another animal that does this, but you know how monkeys you can do you know you could make monkey traps? They would take coconuts and like make a hole in it just big enough for the little monkey hand to go in, but they put something in there that the monkey wants. Some food right? And the monkey goes in there and he grabs it. And so now he's got his fist around it. And the hole is too small for him to pull his his fist out. It's just big enough for his wrist. And he won't let it go, though. He just won't let it go. And so he's just sitting there trapping himself, basically, because he won't let go of the thing and just pull his hand back out. And I think sometimes we can be like that with if there's something that worked for us and we won a championship five years ago, right? We hold on to that thing. And I think the foxes out there, the guys who are going to be doing well every year, and hopefully that's us, is we reevaluate every year and make sure that we are not trying to, you know, slam a square peg into a round hole we're not trying to make something a strategy work when it hasn't shown to work recently right so that's welcome to the off season (laughs) you know welcome to the 2021 off season first episode of 2021 by the way uh that's exciting this will be now the third fourth calendar year i've done stuff in that's crazy um so thanks for coming along. This is a very casual episode. Not going to be digging in a lot. I just wanted to say hi, touch base, uh, share a few things, a few thoughts, let you know where we're going this year and what to expect. And also remind you, this is a great time of year. As little as people are directly involved in season, which, look, I give you a hard time for but it's understandable because you're managing your roster, you just want the information, you want it actionable, and then you're going to, 
you're going to try and use it and hopefully it works. And hopefully next week tonight did that for you. If it did in any way, let me know. If I could improve it in any way, let me know. If it didn't help you at all, and it was seems like it was a waste of time and there was other things that sometimes I would talk about that helped you more, let me know, you know, either way. Uh, but in the off season, it's even more of an opportunity for you to go ahead and get in touch with me. And if there's some kind of content you want, you know, uh, a spreadsheet, some kind of analysis, something you want, I shouted out on Twitter the other day, I shouted out to my intern. I said, intern, go research if first year head coaches, either first in their career or first new to the location of the team, if they rely on quarterbacks, uh, on their veteran existing quarterbacks, more so in, in usage and the resulting fantasy points, you know, than, than normal. Go. Go intern, go. No interns showed up, unfortunately, to do that. So I, I guess I'll have to do it myself at some point. I tried. Uh, maybe maybe I'll shout again sometime and maybe they'll hear me. I don't, I don't know where these interns are. I don't know where you find them. But um, if you have something like that you specifically you want, you can, you can say, hey, Fusion FFB, go research this. Go. And, uh, and and maybe I'll be your intern, right? So let me know if you got any ideas. We'll hit it up. Um, really what I'm going to be doing in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be put, making some kind of what worked and what didn't episodes, right? Hits and misses of the year, what we learn, all that. It's a little cliche. But I do want to talk a little bit about why I'm doing that and, and kind of the categories, and, and there's three categories I kind of picked up on it. It's what didn't work. And I'm sure we can break it down into more categories because you might say what didn't work just because we got unlucky, right? Just because injuries so on. But bit bigger picture than that. It's it's going to be what things didn't work. And then out of that, we're going to be what, what can we try next as a solution? Because obviously I don't know the answer. So let's, all right, well, that didn't work. Let's, let's try this and see if it works next year. And maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Um, then there's things that sometimes we land on that accidentally work and you just kind of, uh, lucked into it maybe. And now we want to figure out, okay, is there something there? Can we actually intentionally repeat that next year? And then of course there's the category category of things that we intentionally try to repeat from previous years and they worked. And now we need to evaluate, like I said, is it? going to work again because it might not but we need to evaluate is that still working will it continue to work and maybe what else can i squeeze out of it if, look everyone loves to talk about how you need to evaluate and get better you know figure out how you messed up and, and improve improvement isn't just in the things you did bad in. improvement can be in the things you did good in like I said, figuring out what worked accidentally or intentionally. But now you actually want to improve on that. So what else? You found something that's giving you some juice. Can you squeeze some more out of it? Because when you find something that works, that's rare enough as it is already, first of all. I mean, 
like I said, step one didn't work. We're making a new plan. The new plan, we don't know it's going to work. And so you can come up with all kinds of new and improved plans and turns out that none of them actually work. When you find something that works, make sure you spend just as much, if not more, effort and time into figuring that out as you do examining your failures. And I think it can come off as arrogant. Um, look, probably people get annoyed on my Twitter feed when you know I'm kind of taking victory laps, but the victory laps are important because, like I said, when you find something that works, that's where you do need to emphasize. And so if I've had some success in recent years with young running backs, then I need to continue to examine that and figure out, okay, what is it exactly about my process that's working and what can I, maybe I can even focus on that and improve on it. And so I'll be doing that again this year. I, I had a lot of, you know, custom formulas and models and stuff that I was working on for rookies that I was really happy with how it came out. And some of them a year later, I'm going to go back two years and figure out what exactly did I see that made me kind of like Miles Gaskin. Um, but then, yeah, he did nothing. And I was kind of laughing about how it was a bad take in the off season. I literally was joking about how it was a bad take. And, uh, and then all of a sudden he, he appears week one. And so I'm going to go back and look. What was it that my model was looking at that liked Miles Gaskin a couple years back? Um, I remember early in this year's, you know, sorting through of, of all the rookies. There were some things about James Robinson that really popped out, but he didn't get the draft capital, obviously. But what was it about James Robinson that was that did stand out? With without the draft capital, and is was there something there that I, I can look for in the future? So th those are the successes, right? Little tiny successes that we can build on. Um, one thing that I noticed, and I'm, I'm going to kind of just kind of reflect on 2020 right now a little bit. So one thing that I discovered when I think about these three categories: what didn't work, what accidentally worked, what intentionally worked, and I look at my leagues. And what accidentally worked was leagues where I had good quarterbacks. And not just good quarterbacks, but young, explosive quarterbacks. My best league had Kyler Murray, and then I landed on Justin Herbert. He was a startup draft, an auction, and I got him for fairly cheap. And that accidentally worked. Okay. Now I need to dig into that more. Also, what didn't work? Well, I had some teams. There was one in particular. I thought it was one of my best teams with really good, you know, running backs. We're talking Chubb, Eckler. Yeah, bad luck with some injury weeks on them. Lots of injury weeks. Um, but all across the board, solid teams, dominant. Um, I had DeAndre Hopkins and DJ Moore. I traded for DJ Moore and Antonio Gibson. Like, I really good position players, but the quarterbacks were rough. Really rough. We're talking like Rivers and Cam Newton and maybe Minshew. Okay, so that in the long run is what ended up sinking me. And sometimes you get those, you know, late round quarterbacks and they do well at the end of the season for you. 
you know, it's a Ryan Tannehill situation. But that wasn't me. That wasn't this league. And they really held me at held me back in you know the uh in the long not just over the whole of the season, but particularly down the stretch towards the playoffs. They weren't having great weeks. And that what that's why I kept barely losing. So that was another overlap. And then what did intentionally work? Well, there, like I said, there was a leagues where I, I went after Kyler Murray in that one auction and I accidentally landed Herbert. There was an, a, another league that did pretty well in uh, that have pretty decent uh, quarterbacks. I'd like Russell Wilson. So he, he carried me, especially in the early season. So the, I'm looking at it and I see, okay, it seems to be with quarterbacks – a consistent thing. I have pretty good running backs in all these leagues. Consistently was doing well in tight ends. I think uh, at least I think all three of my super flex two tight end leagues, I was starting Andrew, uh, Mark Andrews, and Robert Tunyon, like exact same pair in all three, uh, and all three got into the quarterfinals, uh, and then in the semis, I just so you know how things went no i don't have any championships and some people out there apparently have a problem with that i laugh at that but that's okay um but i had a lot of playoffs so i had two second places two thirds and a fourth for a total of five playoff appearances among the seven teams that i thought were actually doing anything i had about two uh to three other teams that I did not really expect to do much. Um, one of those, two of those were, were dynasties with like Christian McCaffrey. Uh, the other one was a, it's a keeper league with Christian McCaffrey, right? So early on in the year, I knew I was in trouble. I barely missed the playoffs still in, in one of those. But um, of the, the seven or eight teams that, I had hopes for five get into the playoffs and four of them cash. I'll take it. I'll take it. It's not a huge year, but it's so, that's solid guys. When you can get into the playoffs consistently, that's what we're going for. And you get in there and you hope you win this year. I got a bunch of second and thirds next year. I hope I get lucky the other way and I'm winning for, you know, in four number ones. And that's that's what we got to keep at it and, and keep trying, and it's gonna go your way one of those times. But you got to be there. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get there. All right, um, quarterbacks. The reason I was kind of focusing on quarterbacks. So this week on this previous week on Tuesday, I was hanging out with the toilets to titles guys. Uh, had a great time recapping the ranks that we did, the preseason ranks. And I even incorporated the singularities uh, projected ranks in there too. We really got to evaluate kind of what, what went right, what went wrong, and true to typical Fox form, fusion fantasy football uh, philosophy, right? Our combined ranks were consistently better than any one of us. And that's exactly how it should be. And it, it played out just like it should. So... Next year, if we do that again, be sure to check in. I think we did pretty well, actually. And I'll link even uh, that video 
on the website, fusionffb.com. Uh, oftentimes you've seen on there maybe the Toilet Titles guys are putting up their notes for their videos on there, which is great, something to put on the site. Um, they didn't have a specific post for this this past week, but I, I think I'm going to make one and put the video in there. Go check it out, fusionffb.com. Uh, but one of the things I observed in there was just how crazy quarterback scoring was this year. And so that's the thing I wanted to focus on a little bit here because I was just talking about him. Because, uh, look, you had you had Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert up in the top 10. But as a whole, it wasn't it wasn't just that. The problem was is they were all scoring the top 10, top 12 were scoring much higher than the average. Now, if you remember in the offseason last year, I made a sheet that shows the average points of the last three year for each positional rank. So how many points does the QB6 usually score over the past three years? Now, I compared that to this year's results. And what I found, and I have it all in one nice sheet online, and you can check it out. I put it in my Twitter. Um, it's it's a beautiful high-res image. You can like print that thing up, put it up on a poster. No, you don't have to do that. But uh, it's nice and color-coded as far as the difference. And so by difference, I mean how much more than the average did they score. And if it's a lot more, it's it shows up in green. It stands out. And if it's less than the average, it's red. And right off the bat, you see there's a lot of green in the QB1s. Now, Josh Allen was not that much higher than the average quarterback one. Only like 11 points more. But from there on out, the quarterback two, the average usually drops a good amount. There's usually just that one guy that goes off like crazy. You know what I mean? Nope. Not this year. A lot of guys doing really well. 60 points more than average. Aaron Rodgers, 67 points more, 63, 70. Russell Wilson at quarterback six scored 81 more points than the average, which was 291 for quarterback six, below 300. We don't get below 300 until quarterback 12. Matt Ryan at 293, and even he is 26 points above average, a full game's worth of points above average. Average the quarterback scoring is crazy, guys, and some of that I think is this Konami code kind of thing where a lot of these guys are running a little bit more involved in running, and uh, especially touchdowns. Kyler Murray, Ryan Tannehill, Justin Herbert actually running in for touchdowns or diving in for touchdowns. Uh, Josh Allen, too, of course, Lamar Jackson, so on. But there's there's also true passers in here Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. And Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins, and even they are above average. And and so I wonder how much of that is going to be. And I'm still digging into this. I haven't actually arrived at a conclusion, but it means something. I'm not sure what, but it's got to mean something. I don't know. My worry is that it's a little bit of a an anomaly because of the season. Uh, with COVID and everything, maybe it just lies in defensive inefficiency. Maybe it even lies a little bit in offensive inefficiency. 
and that they're getting a lot of volume. But a lot of these guys had really high touchdowns, so I think it's more on the defenses not being able to catch up. And then my question is, is this an anomaly or is this the new normal? Quarterback scoring has been trending up year after year. Is this really an outlier or is this just the continuation of the pattern? I think it's a little bit of both. I expect the pattern to continue to increase. I don't know if it's going to be this good next year as far as above average. Now, at the same time, next year's three-year average is not going to be 2017 to 2019. It's going to be 18 to 20. So these high points are going to be a part of the next three-year average. And so it's going to be higher. And I think it's going to be correct. I think it's absolutely going to be correct. Uh, that the middle group of quarterback ones, there's a lot more of them that can all be good. It's not going to drop off so quickly. And so that's why when I was looking at my teams, it was so important to get good quarterbacks. But even all the way through quarterback 20, they're above average scoring here. Again, that average needs to go up as we look to 2021, and it will. The other thing I noticed here was that running backs actually scored pretty low. They really had a down year. I remember doing this. Uh, I'd have to go back. I think it's like 2013 or something like that. Maybe it was 2014. There was there was a year back there that was really bad for running backs. Um, it would have been a year before then. You know, we got Dalvin Cook and all those guys coming into the league. But there was a couple of years that was pretty ugly really down years, and this is the worst running back year since then, for sure. I mean, David Montgomery, don't don't believe the hype. Running back four, he only scored 264 points. Uh, 264 points would usually land you around running back eight. He's running back four. The average is 318 for running back four. You can see that's 53 points less than the average Dave Montgomery scored. And even Alvin Kamara at number one, 35 points less than average. He had a great season, but he still didn't break that that peak, that 400 points for a PPR for this particular scoring. And in this, if you go to the my, I'll, I'll put up a link for the resources again. It's the FF Format Beater. Uh, you can change the scoring, actually, and see how it affects the averages. So if you have special scoring, hopefully my settings can accommodate yours. But I had all kinds of, had Scott Fishbowl scoring preloaded in there, non-PPR, PPR, half PPR. You can copy and paste the, the preset numbers into the, the column where it's actually looking. And go back over to the other sheet, and you can see the new averages. So that that sheet is very versatile. I love that thing. Going to update it for 2021 soon, and I look forward to using it years to come because I get evaluations like this after the season where I can see that look running backs did bad. How did the wide receivers do? They must have been okay then. They were really good at the very top. Three really good ones, and then. Pretty much average, pretty much average. 
the middle class around the wide receiver twos and threes were a little above average. They were a little bit of above average. And I think that's where all these ex- some of these extra quarterback points are coming from. Um, I think, and again, I have to dig into it more, but I think there's also rushing touchdowns involved in the quarterbacks being so high. Tight ends about what we'd expect. A couple good ones. A lot lower than average for like the tight end three through eight. And that's because probably like the guys like Kittle, uh, they were injured. And so we, we kind of lost a little bit of that uh, tier two kind of thing. We, we lost some of those guys. But, I mean, Ertz just disappeared. Kittle got injured. It, it was definitely, look, when Robert Tunyon is your tight end three at 176 points, a full 50 points less than the average tight end three, it, it's not great. It's not great. There were still some solid guys. Uh Look, TJ Hawkinson came through for us, right? Jonu Smith, I mean, at one point he was still in the top 12, but even just the last couple weeks he fell out because he just was doing nothing. Big disappointment there. Uh, He flashed and showed what I expected, but then they just didn't keep doing it. And I don't don't know why that was. Uh, I'll have to dig into it more. Anyway, guys. Something to keep an eye out, something to think about. I'm usually not a go all in on quarterbacks, guys. This is this is why I'm talking about it. You know, I don't want to be the monkey though. I don't want to hold on to that. I don't want to hold on to late round quarterback and robust running back if it doesn't make sense. And I make fun of and I laugh at the the zero running back guys, but maybe there's something there that I need to learn. I think it'll be something more like what they call, we need a better name for it. I, I refuse to call it modified zero running back because it's it's not. You're getting one. It's not zero. It's one. I like, I like my quarter RB where I say one running back in the top four rounds, but it's not very, very popular. I'll, st- I'll keep calling it quarter RB. Yeah, I'll keep doing it. It makes sense. It fits. Um, it shouldn't even be quarter, though. It really needs to be top two rounds. So maybe maybe that name is not great. I'll have to figure something out. I'm not really not good at names, guys. If you didn't figure this out, I named my, my projection sheet the singularity, and no one has a clue what that is, right? Okay, come on. Um, thanks for, for listening. I, I'm not going to drag this out any longer. Keep an eye out. I got some guests lined up already. A couple that I'm really excited about. If there's anyone that you, you know, I talked earlier about how the offseason is a great time to get involved because there's not many other people are. Well, here's the same thing. Look, use the fact that this is a small podcast to your advantage. I know I'm a small, small podcast. Um, However, you'd be surprised how much, how many big names will actually come on small podcasts. I haven't had a lot of big ones because I usually don't ask them unless there's a specific reason. I don't really, I'm not going to go out and ask Matthew Barry to come on my podcast because I don't, there's nothing really special or specific about why I'd want to have him 
other than the obvious reason of just trying to use his, you know, plebiscity to get people to listen. And I probably should do that, right? <laughs> uh, probably would be a smart thing to get more listeners. And maybe I will if I come up with a better specific reason to have him on. Otherwise, it's just awkward. But there are a lot of really good content creators and analysts and experts out there that I want to have on, I want to talk to, and I'm going to ask them. But if there's anyone that you want on, if there's anyone that you have specific questions for that I haven't thought of, but maybe you do, maybe you have specific questions for, maybe Matthew Berry is not the best example, but you have specific questions for an analyst and you can actually get your questions answered through me. That's right. Use me. Because if you submit questions on this podcast, you can bet I'm going to ask them because I'm not getting other questions submitted. It's just you, okay? So use this to your advantage and get me some questions. Point me to some people you'd like to hear from. And like I said, you'd be surprised. People come on small podcasts. If I have a reason to, I will just, I'm not shy. I'm not scared to go into someone's DMs to try hunt down contact or somebody. I'm not, I'm not shy. I'm not embarrassed to, I'm not afraid of the bright lights, right? That's just my personality. People find, it's funny because people who know me think I'm introverted and I am but that doesn't mean I'm shy. So um, I'll go do it. I'll hunt them down. I'll get them on the podcast and I'll ask them your question. So who do you want to hear? If Maybe there's someone you, you want me to argue with. They expressed a position that you know I disagree with. Maybe one that you disagree with. And, and maybe I and the other guy agree and it's just you that disagree with us. But guess what? I can do agree to disagree and I can do my best to argue for your position even if I don't agree with it because we're going to agree to disagree and that's how it works. I love that segment. It's a lot of fun, guys. Go ahead. Tell me who you want on. That's it. I'm done. 30 minutes. We're out of here. I'll see you next week where I start digging more into what went right, what went wrong. Not just victory laps on the player but also the process that went into the pick. And I know you've been hearing me victory lap on the players. Hello, Jonathan Taylor. But there's some particulars about that that were process and that we stuck with it and it worked. And so that's why I'm going to bring it up again and again. But we're going to try and focus on the, the process behind it. And repeating it again and improving it in the future. That's what we're going to do. See you next week, guys. Have fun. Enjoy actual just watching football to watch football. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, it'll be fun. Playoffs start this weekend. Enjoy. See you guys.